You're listening to Come Follow Me Weekly, a weekly podcast with thoughts and insights for the Come Follow Me lessons of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm your host, Heather Weber. Thanks for being here with me this week. The title of this week's lesson is He Works in Me to Do His Will, and it covers Enos, Jerem, Omni, and Words of Mormon. And I have a little announcement to make this week. I think for the next few weeks, at least, I'm going to need to take a break from this podcast and I won't be publishing any episodes for at least the next few weeks. Um, With all the coronavirus commotion that's gone on, it's really affected my family, as I'm sure it's affected yours. And we're a family of seven and each one of us are having individual challenges with this. Everything from canceled birthday parties to loss of jobs. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, it's not fun. Um, And I hope that you are happy and safe wherever you are. But this will be my last episode for a while. I am going to try to keep up my Instagram at Come Follow Me Weekly. Maybe I'll do something with that. We'll just have to see. Anyway, this is a fun project for me, but it's not one of the most important things in my life. And I just feel like Right now, I need to focus on what's most important. And so this is just going to have to go for a little while. I'm still going to study the lessons every week and do it with my family a little bit more since I'm with my family all the time now. And I hope that you will continue to study too, because this is so important and it's something that can really help us through a hard time, especially like the hard time we're going through right now. The opening paragraph of the lesson says, Enos went to the forest to hunt beasts, but he ended up staying there to pray all the day long. And when the night came, because his soul was truly hungry to receive a remission of his sins, Enos was willing to pray as long as necessary and even to wrestle before God. That's what sincere prayer is, not so much asking for anything we want, but a sincere effort to commune with God and align our will to his. When you pray in this way, when your voice has reached the heavens, you discover, as Enos did, that God hears you, and he truly cares about you, your loved ones, and even your enemies. In those moments, God can make his will known to you, and you'll be more willing and able to do his will because you are in harmony with him. Like Mormon, you may not know all things, but the Lord knoweth all things, and he worketh in you to do according to his will. Okay, has there ever been a paragraph that was more relevant than this one to us in our lives right now? I don't know about you, but my prayers have become a lot more sincere lately and a lot more frequent. And I think we're living in a time right now where we realize in a very real way how much we actually do need our Heavenly Father and our Savior in our lives. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think a lot of good can come out of this situation, honestly. Instead of looking at it as a burden, I'm trying to look at it as an opportunity. How can I grow? How can I learn from this? How can I be better when this is all over? The first section of this lesson talks about how a parent's words can have a lasting influence. And I love verse one of Enos, where it says, Behold, it came to pass that I, Enos, knowing my father that he was a just man, for he taught me in his language and also in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and blessed be the name of my God for it. I just think that scripture tells so much about the relationship that Enos had with his father. You can tell that his father was a big part of his life and that Enos trusted him. And I'm sure he trusted him because his father took time with Enos. He took time to talk to him, to teach him, and to be a good example to him. You know, sometimes as parents, we feel like whatever we say to our kids just kind of hits their forehead and bounces off onto the floor. But I know from personal experience that all of the efforts you make when kids are young 
pay off in the end. They do. I know when kids are little and you're trying to do scripture study or come follow me or whatever it is, and no one seems to be listening. People are rolling around on the floor or doing whatever. Sometimes it's hard and you think, why am I doing this? But we get blessings whenever we try to do what the Lord asks us to do. And they're blessings that are individual to our families and our kids and the things that they need. But those blessings do come and you will see the results of it later. I know that because it's happened to me and I've seen the results of it in our family. When I read about Enos and how he prayed and the feelings that he had when he prayed, I just kept thinking of the word intentional. I feel like Enos was very intentional in the things that he was doing. He had a purpose and he was going to accomplish that purpose and he wanted to stay there as long as it took for his prayers to be answered. And I don't think we necessarily need to pray all day and all night for our prayers to be answered, but I do think we need to pray with intention to have a purpose and to be specific. Lately, I've been working with my 12-year-old because he's kind of gotten into a habit of saying repetitive things in his prayers. I think it's a habit that we all get into at one time or another. And one night when we were having family prayer, I had an idea and I said, okay, what if when we pray, instead of general statements, things like bless this food to nourish and strengthen our bodies. I don't know what that even means. What if we were more specific with the things we asked for? Bless this food to help us have the energy we need to make it through school today or to play tennis this afternoon or whatever it is that we're specifically doing. Maybe we can pray for our ministering families, but instead of just saying help them to do well or whatever, that we could pray for them by name and maybe ask for specific things that they need or ask for specific things that we could do to help them to give us some ideas for those things. Maybe come with ideas and see what the Heavenly Father thinks about those. I think being more intentional and specific gives us a lot better results when we pray and helps us to grow our relationship with our Heavenly Father and our Savior. And that's really what prayer is all about. We need that relationship and we need them in our lives. We need their help. And I think when we pray with intention, we can help that relationship to grow. So as Enos prayed in verse five, it says, and there came a voice unto me saying, Enos, thy sins are forgiven thee and thou shalt be blessed. And I, Enos, knew that God could not lie, wherefore my guilt was swept away. I love his faith in those scriptures and his acceptance of the answer that he received. How many times do we have an impression or a feeling, feel like we've received an answer and we immediately second guess it? And we think, is that just me? Is that all in my head? (laughs) I think we need to trust those feelings when they come. And I love Enos's example here. He trusted. He knew that Heavenly Father could not lie. And so he took those feelings and that answer that he received and he moved forward. I also love what it says in verses 7 and 8 where it says, And I said, Lord, how is it done? And he said unto me, Because of thy faith in Christ, whom thou hast never before heard nor seen. To me, that just tells me that Our Heavenly Father doesn't forget people. He knows us. He knows our individual circumstances. And whenever we pray, whenever, we don't need to make an appointment. It can be at any place and any time. He is there to help us individually. In verse 11, it says, And after I, Enos, had heard these words, my faith began to be unshaken in the Lord. And I prayed unto him with many long strugglings for my brethren, the Lamanites. I love how he says that his faith was unshaken. And I think that is something that we need to have right now. I think when we hear President Nelson say that things are going to get better, that he's optimistic for the future, we need to remember that he's a prophet of the Lord and that we can trust those statements and trust those things that he says. 
And then when we pray about our own individual circumstances and our own hardships in going through this right now, we can trust the answers that we receive and be able to move forward. We don't have to go through this alone. There is someone there to help us, to help us know what we need to do when sometimes we have no idea because we're in uncharted territory. We're not where we thought we would be at this time of the year. We can have the help of our Heavenly Father and our Savior with us all the time. So then the plates move on from Enos to his son, Jerem. And Jerem kind of writes about the things that are going on during his time, just kind of generally. One verse that really stuck out to me in this chapter was verse 9, where it says, And thus being prepared to meet the Lamanites, they did not prosper against us. But the word of the Lord was verified, which he spake unto our fathers, saying that inasmuch as ye will keep my commandments, ye shall prosper in the land. It reminded me of President Nelson's recent remarks where he said, I, the Lord, am bound when you do what I say. I think what we need to do right now is to keep the commandments of the Lord and try to be as obedient as we can, because I think by doing that, we will receive the blessings that we need. And I don't know about you, but there's not one single person in my sphere of influence right now that doesn't need our Heavenly Father's help at this time. Then we have the plates move on to Omni. I've always kind of loved Omni because of what he says. He has the plates and he's doing what he was asked. He's writing down the things that he's supposed to. He says, but behold, I of myself am a wicked man and I have not kept the statutes and the commandments of the Lord as I ought to have done. You just kind of feel for him because he's trying. I mean, he didn't have to take the plates and do anything with them. So he can't be that bad of a person. Sometimes I think we get a little down on ourselves. And as long as we keep trying and keep going, that's what the Lord expects of us. So obviously, I don't know anything about Omni and his life and the things that he had done. But I feel like he's at least trying here. So he has to get some credit for that. And then we have the plates move from Amaron to Chemish to Abinadom. And it seems like during this time, there was quite a bit of war and contention going on. And then the plates are passed to Amalekai, who is the son of Abinadom. And he talks about Mosiah, who felt that he should take his people and depart into the wilderness. And so he did. And while they were there, they discovered the people of Zarahemla. And the people of Zarahemla had also left Jerusalem. It reminds me of our lesson last week about the olive tree and how all these different branches were sent around to different parts of the vineyard. In the lesson, there's a section that says, who were the people of Zarahemla? And it says, after the Nephites fled the land of Nephi, they discovered a numerous people living in a place called Zarahemla. These people of Zarahemla were descendants of a group of Israelites who, like Lehi's family, had left Jerusalem and were led by God to the promised land. Among that group was Mulek, one of the sons of Zedekiah, the king of Judah, who was captured by the Babylonians in about 587 BC. After the people of Zarahemla arrived in the promised land, they met Coriantumr, the last known survivor of the Jaredites, whose story is told in the Book of Ether. So we know we get the rest of that story towards the end of the Book of Mormon. And then we come to Words of Mormon which is exactly what it says it is. It's Mormon talking about how he has these two sets of plates and he's putting them together. And in verse seven, he says, and I do this for a wise purpose, for thus it whispereth me according to the workings of the spirit of the Lord, which is in me. And now I do not know all things, but the Lord knoweth all things which are to come. Wherefore he worketh in me to do according to his will. And of course, now we know what that purpose was. In the lesson, it says, Today we know what God's purpose was. In 1828, after Joseph Smith had translated part of Mormon's abridgment of Nephi's large plates, 116 manuscript pages, Martin Harris lost those pages. 
God commanded Joseph not to retranslate this portion because evil men would change the words and try to discredit Joseph. Thankfully, God had foreseen this and provided the small plates, which covered the same history that was lost with the 116 pages. The small plates compose the books that come before Words of Mormon, and Mormon's abridgment of the large plates begins after the Words of Mormon. And again, what I see through this is that our Heavenly Father has a plan. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what's going on in our lives right now. He knows what's happening in the world. He is in control of it. And because of that, we don't need to worry. We just need to move forward with faith, do the things that we need to do in our lives, pray for help, and accept the answers that we receive, and just move forward. And if we can do that, we're all going to be okay. And those are some of the thoughts that I had for this week's lesson. I want to thank you so much for joining me. I really do appreciate it. This week marks my one-year anniversary of starting my podcast. I'm going to be gone for a few weeks, but I do hope to return. Don't forget that you can follow me on Instagram at Come Follow Me Weekly. I hope you all have a peaceful day and a wonderful week.